0: This is a Federal News Network podcast.
1: Welcome to Four Your Benefit, presented by NITP, the federal leader in retirement planning seminars sponsored by WEPA. Join NITP for an hour of plain talk on planning your future. You've got questions, they've got answers. Welcome to the January 8th, 2024, twenty-four Four Year Benefit radio show. I'm Bob Lines, and we have our special guest, Herb Casey, Federal Benefit Specialist, to tell us everything we need to know when they retire. Good morning, Herb.
2: Good morning, Bob, and Happy New Year to you as well as to the audience out there.
1: Thank you, and and likewise to the audience. And so, uh, Herb, so we're going to talk about Federal Benefit Updates for 2024. So if we're looking for federal benefit updates, I imagine the first thing most of us would look for is COLAs, whether it's FERS, whether it's CSRS, salary raises, etc. cetera. So um, what should one be aware of?
2: Well, Bob, what should, you know, what individuals should be aware of is, you know, already you've received, if you're retired, you've already received your first retirement uh, deposit for the year, uh, because that would have happened right after the 1st of January. And if you're a CSRS retiree, that uh, COLA is going to be 3.2%, or was 3.2%, and if you are first, it's going to be a 2.2%. That's, you know, it's, a, it's 1% less than the CSRS, and I know people do have heartburn because of that difference. But, but one of the things that's probably I tell people you should watch for this year is the Equal COLA Act. Uh, it's uh, gotten its way to the Senate now, and chances are this year that Equal COLA Act will pass because it has bipartisan support. And basically what it's going to do is to ensure cost of living adjustments are applied equally to all federal retirees. So that way, a FERS and a CSRS retiree will receive the same amount.
1: Okay, so it would never decrease, right? That's correct. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I suppose in bad years, it would stay the same, but it wouldn't drop, but uh, generally it's gonna arise. Um, what do you find in your career where people don't have a full grasp on what they're entitled to, like the COLAs, and uh, what they should watch out for that you feel that maybe you've seen in seminars and webinars that people just don't get?
2: Yeah, I, I think one of the biggest things is when, you know, when we talk about COLA <coughs> is making sure you understand you know what, it's based on. You know, it's based on the consumers, consumer price index uh, for urban wage earners and clerical workers. And so, even though I know many times individuals will say, well, but you know, the inflation is more than that. So, here this uh, uh, cola is less than what inflation is. But I always tell individuals just make sure you pay attention to what the CPI is for urban wage earners and clerical workers because that's going to be what's used to determine what this cola is so so that's the first thing i tell individuals and also making sure that they pay attention to what the colas are sometimes individuals will see for instance a cola and if you're csrs it's going to be different many times than if you're FERS, and sometimes even individuals will Uh, confuse the COLA for Social Security for the COLA for uh, federal retirees. So there's all these things that you have to really pay attention to uh, when you're trying to determine what your COLA. And then you have COLA for federal employees, which is going to be different from a retiree. So really, you have to pay attention to what that COLA is versus just seeing a COLA and thinking, oh, this is what applies to me
1: but do you you find that even people that maybe have been retired for a number of years still don't necessarily know how to connect the dots you know what they're entitled to what they can look forward to how does it impact their cash flow
2: some may not it really doesn't happen until toward december uh, or early January when individuals really begin to focus in on that, some individuals. It's, it's almost as if it's not until they receive that January deposit that they now realize, yes, there has been an increase, but they may not have understood what that percentage amount is. So that, those are some of the things I do see individuals, they're they looking forward to it, but they just may not know what the percentage is or how it was calculated.
1: So, if we were looking at the colas in 2024, uh, th- there are going to be colas, correct?
2: That's right. Yeah. Again, you know, 3.2% for CSRS retirees and 2.2% for FERS retirees.
1: All right. And the delta, because one is less than the other one, is?
2: Well, it's because. Uh, What happened here when they were creating colas, uh, you know, the the one thing for those individuals who are furs, if the consumer price index is greater than 3%, then the cola for furs is going to be 1% less than the CSRS cola. So that's why it's 3.2% for CSRS and it's one percent less for those individuals in FERS. uh so that's what happens there and and in the early days one of the things that when um you know when FERS was created and you had and tsp had the matching one percent since csrs individuals didn't get that one percent then this was a way for those csrs retirees to have some type of equality. That was the beginnings, but the reality is, uh, you know, the thoughts are is that first retirees are losing ground by having that one percent uh, less in their uh, first retirement. So that is why I think Congress has decided to go ahead and to focus on this Equal COLA Act, uh, and hopefully, like I said, this year it will be passed, and maybe by twenty, the 2025 COLAs, they will be the same for both FERS retirees and CSRS retirees. So I just tell individuals, you know, just pay attention to see what's happening uh, so that way they'll know how it will impact them down the road.
1: Okay, so we, we have a federal retiree, and their source of revenue from the federal government is just not one, Correct.
2: So That's correct. Uh, especially if they are furs. I mean, if they're furs, you you also have Social Security that you're concerned about. And the question often happens, well, what's the COLA for Social Security? Well, the Social Security COLA is actually 3.2%. Uh, uh for 2024 so if you're receiving social security that's what your uh cola will be uh for your je- starting in january
1: remember years ago when we have you know very high inflation and so, correct me if i'm wrong were there a couple colas in some of those years because of the um strong uptick in the cost of living.
2: Yeah, I think last year, 2023's COLA had been the largest COLA in I think around 40 years, uh, because I think it was 8.7. It was was high. I don't recall what it is now. Uh, It's a distant memory because we're now in 2024. But it was the largest COLA that had been uh, provided in about 40 years.
1: Wow. And probably it won't go up like that every year or every two years. No, no, because, you know, and again, you have to think
2: about what's actually going on. I think if you think back to what happened in 2022, uh, you know, the prices were, you know, there was inflation. And everyone was complaining, and so inflation was the highest it had been in quite some time. So that was the reason why the 2023 COLAs were higher than normal because of just inflation that happened in 2022. But in 2023, we didn't see the level of inflation that we saw in 2022. So that's why, you know, this consumer price index uh, was lower uh, as far as the inflation than what we saw in
1: 2022. Uh, okay, well, along with um, federal retirees, what about Social Security retirees? Do they get colas on Social Security?
2: Yeah, they do, and it's uh, again, it's 3.2 percent. Actually, the same as the CSRS retirees is 3.2 percent. Uh, And individuals should see that or will see that in their first, uh, I'd say, deposit in the month of January. I know some individuals receive it later in the month, so they may not have received their January Social Security. uh, But once they do receive it, it's going to be a 3.2 percent increase. And Social Security is real good about sending notices out. Either in late November and December, which help you understand that. So, I, hopefully, everyone received their notices uh, to let them know what this change is going to be for their uh, Social Security benefit.
1: So, the Social Security benefits will go up. Is there a maximum?
2: Well, as far as just the 3.2%, that's going to be it. But there, they are, there, there are maximums. Uh, and one of the things I always tell individuals is that, you know, if you go to Social Security's uh, site uh, and take a look at the information, they, they do a very good job of helping individuals understand, you know, what, uh, you know, what, the, what certain things are. For instance, some individuals I know out there are working and they are under their full retirement age, but they're working and they're also collecting Social Security. So one of the things they have to be aware of is that there's earnings limitation uh, if you're younger than your full retirement age and you're working and receiving Social Security. So uh, I know this year that uh, limita- earnings limitation went up a little bit. Uh, now uh, that earnings limitation is going to be uh twenty two thousand three hundred twenty dollars a year. So that's something to be aware of if you're working and you're under your full retirement age, but you're still collecting Social Security.
1: How does anybody know all this other than you?
2: Well, hopefully, oh, uh, Social Security has sent them information. I always tell individuals, you do get information. Uh, hopefully, you don't throw this away. You know, you open up that letter, and you read it, and you go to their site. Hopefully, most people have that My Social Security account uh, online, and they can go in and see these things for themselves.
1: Can, can they call in and ask questions if they're you know, befuddled or they don't understand you have to see when you zag.
2: I mean, you can, you can always call in, but again, what social security has done, which I find I use it myself is the ability to go online. There's so much information and you probably get better information or consistent information when you go online than you do if you're calling because you may just have to wait and wait and wait uh, to talk to a representative.
1: Okay. So Andrew tells us it's a time to take our first break. Folks, we only have two breaks. <laughs> and this will be the first one.
0: Times have changed, but WEPA's mission remains the same, to promote the health, welfare, and financial well-being of civilian federal employees. WEPA offers group term life insurance to civilian federal employees with up to 1.5 million in coverage, regardless of salary. As a WEPA member, you can access exclusive rates and benefits not available to the general public. How does this compare to FEGLI? Unlike Fegley, WEPA's coverage amounts are not capped by your salary. WEPA will cover your family as well. For your children, WEPA offers double the benefits that FEGLI offers. And for your spouse, WEPA offers 20 times more coverage than Fegley. 20 times more coverage. WAPAS coverage is also portable if you decide to leave the federal government or retire. You can even supplement or replace your existing policy. See how much you could save by visiting WAEPA.org today.
1: Welcome back to Four Your Benefit. And we're here with Herb Casey, Federal Benefit Specialist, giving us more powerful knowledge when we talk about benefits and the like and we talked an awful lot about the recent Social Security Cola increase and some other things. Where are we going next, Er? Well,
2: I you know, would say probably you know, what about other benefits that you have in retirement, such as your insurance? You know, what you know, what's going on with that? Especially the health insurance. That that would be to me a topic that is important. I know myself, that's one of the big concerns for me is what's happening to my fehb insurances as the new year comes
1: and the, the changes generally you're not going to go down i suppose in a, in a in a bad economy they might go down but they're they generally going up right
2: they typically are and yeah. you know and for this year the average uh increase uh for an enrollee under FEHB is going to be around uh I'd say somewhere averaging around 7.7%. It will just it d- depends on your plan though, because some plans may be a little bit less, some plans may be a little bit more. So uh so the enrollee share will increase an average of 7.7% this year for FEHB. But, you know, on top of that, the government contribution increases by about 5 percent. So, again, it's a great deal to have an FEHB because of just the fact that the government still is paying part of that
1: premium. That's great. And what what do you find when working with people that they're not aware that they have the ability to um, enjoy these benefits?
2: I mean, the the biggest thing sometimes individuals, you know, they may stick to the plan that they always had. For instance, especially I find once you get ready to retire and especially once you're reaching the age of 65 where now you're retired 65 and Medicare becomes a part of your uh, insurances is that some individuals will basically say, this is the insurance I've had my whole career. And I will continue to have it, even though that may not be the best insurance for them. So, that to me is one of the biggest challenges, uh, is to sort of have individuals look at the different features of plans as they age to determine what may be a better plan for them. That to me is what I've seen the most.
1: And if I find a better plan, I can change in open season,
2: you can do that, and that's where some individuals, uh, Even when they get ready to retire, they have this misconception that they must have had a plan for five, that particular plan for five years prior to retiring versus understanding that as long as they had an FEHB plan, it didn't have to be the same one. But again, understanding to that open season gives them that ability to make changes, and, and OPM contacts you anyway to say it's open season time, and you should make this decision between November and December.
1: Okay, so we're we're in good shape with um, Social Security FEHB. Have we hit much with Medicare yet? Uh, with
2: Medicare, I mean the one thing about Medicare, and and and. One of the things I'll just mention with FEHB is that they reduced the number of plans in FEHB for this this next year. They used to have uh, uh, 271 plans in 2023, and now they only have 157 plans. So really, they've reduced the number of plans. Uh, because you had one uh, health plan that exited Humana, I'm sure you've heard of Humana, but they exited from the FEHB, so you no longer have Humana. But the, the so, but when you think about, you know, some of the other things before I get to uh, Medicare, it's just some of the other things with some of the FEHB plans is that they have improved prescription drug coverage for annuitants under FEHB. There's sort of, some of the FEHB plans are basically offering a Part D prescription drug plan in 2024, which will be automatically part of the FEHB. So this is something that I tell individuals when I'm doing the seminars, please you know, take a fresh look at the different plans because each year plans are changing how they are offering different uh, you know parts to help you with your Medicare. So that's the biggest thing for uh, for annuitants is that once you're eligible for Medicare you may really need to take a look at your FEHB plan to see which ones work better with Medicare. So that to me is an important aspect. And once you've done that, then you now have a better benefit uh, by having FEHB and Medicare because you may end up with Medicare Parts A, which is free since you pay for it in your taxes, and Medicare Part B, which Part B, that's where you're going to have to pay a premium for based on your income.
1: So for somebody listening to the show, or somebody not listening to the show, um, what what would you steer them to first when considering CSRS and/or FERS retirement? Now, I mean, we could probably spend three days answering that <laughs> question. <laughs> but what would be the the basics that you sometimes find that people are not aware of that they're entitled to?
2: I mean, again, you know, if I'm I'm looking at insurances, I'll talk a little bit about insurances here. It's just the, I would say, the variety of benefits that are out there. I mean, one, you know, is going to be your FEHB plan and how does it work with Medicare. And I always tell individuals there's a Section 9 in every FEHB plan that will tell you what your benefits are once you are under Medicare. And that helps you to determine what type of -of out-of-pocket expenses you may have uh, down the road during this year, uh, what your co-payments may be. So it's important because you could find yourself, by switching to a different plan, saving yourself quite a bit. Uh, as far as out-of-pocket expenses. So to me, that's one of the biggest benefits is just making sure you understand your FEHB plan. And for those of you who are now uh, Medicare age, how does it work with Medicare? And that to me, and one of the things that OPM has begun to do, is having some FEHB plans actually have what they call an FEHB Medicare Advantage plan, which if you have Medicare Parts A and B, and you get this FEHB Medicare Advantage plan, it works to really many times eliminate out-of-pocket expenses for you, paying the same premium that you had always paid for your FEHB. But the difference now is it's called an FEHB Medicare Advantage plan. (laughs) okay confusing confusing because it's not to be confused with part c medicare advantage it's actually an fehb medicare advantage
1: thank you my my pencil is numb yeah no
2: i understand it it does i almost tell people that it requires a different class you know when i'm doing the sessions and you start talking about FEHB and Medicare, you almost feel it's it's it requires a separate class on understanding the mechanics of how FEHB and Medicare work together.
1: Let me ask you a question on, on that: that um, what do you find when you're doing your presentations, whether live or whether like today? What do you find that people ought to know but don't know, or you know they didn't ask a question? that you would think that people do and knowing you, you would wanna make sure that everybody listening understands everything you said.
2: I mean, I think the biggest thing is just understanding what your benefits are going to be, you know, always understanding, you know, what the increase in your retirement benefits going to be for the year, understanding what that COLA is, what that means to you. If you're receiving social security, once again, you know, making sure that you, know that if you're working and receiving social security under your full retirement age there's going to be earnings limitations so understanding what that earnings limitation is and being aware of what will happen if you go over that earnings limitation uh and then with your with your health benefits just understanding what your benefits are especially once you are medicare Age Uh, Again, prior to being 65 and retired, you don't really have to worry about your uh, FEHB uh, features because they're going to be the same. But what you really have to worry about, and this is what I find people forget, is that they just don't really focus in on how things change once you are eligible for Medicare. That, to me, is the biggest thing, and it's confusing on top of that.
1: All right. Well, hopefully, um, this will aid in the confusion. What's the cost of Medicare B in 2024? Did it go up, sideways, down?
2: It it went up. Last year, it went down. It actually went down last year in 2023, but this year, it went up about $10. So now, versus it being once, I think it was 164 something last year. Mm-hmm. This year, the cheapest is 174 Uh, And again, you have to always remember that it is based on your modified adjusted gross income of two years prior. So if you're paying 2024 premiums, it's being based on your 2022 modified adjusted gross income. And that's your adjusted gross income plus any deducted, interest you may have been able to, uh, have. So it's really going to, you know, in some cases for individuals, it's going to put them in a income category that they would end up paying more than that 174, uh, a month, And that's per person. I always tell individuals, there are no family plans or couples plans under Medicare Part B. You're paying for each individual who's covered under Medicare Part B. So, you know, right now, if your 2022 modified adjusted gross income is 103000 or less and you were single or 2, 206000 uh, or less as a merit, you would pay that 174 uh per month but if you make more than that it's going to be a higher premium and it that premium can go all the way up to 594
1: dollars a month
2: what a month that's right 594 dollars a month that's the highest premium you could actually pay under uh medicare part b and one of the questions i often get from people is well is that on top of my FEHB premium? And that is correct. So if you had an FEHB premium that's, you know, four hundred dollars a month, and you end up with, let's let's say, one hundred seventy-four, you're paying that four hundred a month plus that one seventy-four, which is the lowest uh, premium under Part B.
1: Well, that's um, good to know. <laughs> <laughs> good to know,
2: but it hurts the pocketbook for sure. <laughs> <laughs> so
1: I, th- I think we're probably at a stopping point for um, because we cover a lot of good ground, and I think we need to take a little break and listen to what um, NITP can do for the listeners. Who do you trust when making your most important decisions? National Institute of Transition Planning has been the trusted source for
2: federal retirement planning, serving new, mid-career, and pre-retirement federal employees for more than 30 years. NITP's subject matter experts bring more than 800 years of collective expertise on federal benefits, financial, transition, and estate planning. Visit NITPinc.com. That's NITPinc.com to sign up for their free monthly newsletter and information about free webinars.
0: Are you at the mid-career stage of your federal career? Or do you plan to retire in the next five years and wonder if you are prepared for retirement? No matter what career stage you are, it's never too early to dot the I's and cross the T's. NITP now offers online open enrollment training to help you understand your federal benefits package and financial planning options with tips and tools to plan and fine-tune your retirement planning goals. Visit NITPINC.com to download the current brochure and calendar.
1: All righty. Welcome back to the final leg of today's show. And we just, uh, did we talk about Medicare B premiums in 2024?
2: Um, we did. And, I, you know, I just went over, you know, just a summary once again is that those Part B premiums did go up in 2024. The cheapest is going to be 174 uh, 70 a month per person. And the most expensive is, uh, but that would mean you had a salary over five a half a million dollars if you were single or $750,000 if you are a married couple. It went up to 594 a month. Now, the, the big thing I, I tell individuals, especially once you're trying to determine do you take Part B or don't you, is trying to make sure that your FEHB plan works well. And as I mentioned earlier, Uh, FEHB, OPM is working with some of the carriers to have them create plans that will reduce your Part B premium. So that's something to really take a look at because you may have some FEHB Medicare Advantage plans that will help reduce your Part B premium. And let me just give an example with myself. Having uh, Aetna is the fact that even though My wife and I have the same Aetna plan that we had prior to uh, us uh, qualifying for Medicare. Once we were Medicare age, Aetna contacted us to say, if you're enrolled in Medicare Parts A and B, we can reduce your Part B premium by up to $100 a month. So in this case, we said, sure, why not? Let's, Let's sort of... Try it, and we still ended up with the same benefits, the same plan, paying the same amount. But now, what happens is we end up paying a hundred dollars less per month for our Part B premium. So, as you can see, if $174 a month is what your Part B premium is, and you can save a hundred dollars on that and just pay $74, that's a hundred dollars back into your pockets, uh, and that definitely you know worked for us you know there's certain things you have to be aware of but typically you don't have out of pocket expenses you don't have co-payments any any change in your co-payments because uh, your your FEHB plan works with Medicare to sort of cover those gaps so this is where I tell individuals you know once Medicare becomes part of your insurances, you really need to take a second look at some of the FBHB plans, especially the FBHB Medicare Advantage, because it could actually save you money.
1: Okay, great. So should we talk about federal long-term care insurance?
2: There's not much to talk about. (laughs) I mean, especially for those of you who have long, uh, federal long-term care. I mean, the, the reality is you probably received a letter. If you currently have, uh, federal long-term care insurance, you received a letter from OPM last year, basically increasing your premiums because of just the, you know, I guess the actual and projected experience and, and that concluded that they needed to have a premium rate increase. Uh, and, you know, they say that it's complex because there are a variety of factors that determine what those rates are. And, and just to give you some of the ones they talk about is how long the claims are lasting, the expected life expectancy of enrollees, the length of time an enrollee expected to keep their coverage, What cost of care is something that's gone up. So with this, federal long-term care insurance premiums have also increased. Uh, So that's just going to be something, you know, if you are currently a, have a federal long-term care insurance policy, you have received something letting you know that your premium would be increasing effective January 1st. Now, if you are if you were one of the individuals who have the federal long-term care insurance plan 3.0 coverage, you were not impacted by any premium increases. So that's sort of the status of where things are for current enrollees. Now, I know one of the things that individuals will say, well, you know, what if I want to become a, you know, have a policy under the federal long-term care insurance program? Well, the reality is that process has been suspended. And that was effective uh, December of 2022. So if you are considering long-term care insurance under the federal long-term care program, right now you're going to have to wait. Uh, I think the thoughts are that this year they may open it back up to new enrollments. So just sort of stay tuned to see if that happens.
1: Wow. Wow and when does that normally come out is it in the fall um, there,
2: there's no open season for federal loan. There, there's no open season for any of these things and what would happen is if opm decides to open enrollments again uh they will notify i'm sure on their website and i'm sure they'll come out with uh with a notice and you know and i'm sure you know they can check back with nitp because we will probably get that information as soon as it happens and let individuals know
1: right and then get to the nitp and and, and and folks nitp doesn't sell anything so it uh, that's right you can inc.com and probably you could listen to today's show again <laughs>
2: Well, but, but yeah, but the thing is, is that if they do open it back up, then you'll have to determine, you know, you'll have to go online to their site and apply to the long term care insurance program through their site.
1: righty. Are we going to see any additional changes to the TSP for, uh, by the end of uh, 2024?
2: Well, there was a $500 increase in the limit uh, that you can put into your TSP. The elective deferral limitation for 2024 uh, is now $23,000 per year versus $22,500, which was last year's amount. And, And one of the things, you know, individuals, especially those of you who are getting the matching, it's always you. You have to always make sure that you have the appropriate amount withheld in order to make sure that you take advantage of that five percent matching. And so, one of the things you know, I did a little research, and they say you know, if you're a FERS employee who want who wish to receive the agency matching contributions uh, throughout 2024 tax year you should limit your bi-weekly contributions to $884.61, which is just really $23,000 divided by 26 pay periods. So that's that's what you always have to make sure is that in order to make sure you get the maximum uh, contribution and uh, the matching to make sure you understand how much you should have withheld each pay period. And, uh, and the reality is with the catch-up, uh, you can still contribute seven thousand five hundred dollars if you are age 50 or older in 2024. So that's that didn't change as far as the catch up amount.
1: All right, any additional TSB changes between now and uh years end? Well, that's a, a kind of a crazy question, being that we're <laughs> only one week into the current year. But
2: <laughs> yeah, well, the one thing that happened last year, which individuals would know, is that the whole aspect of of RMD, uh, required minimum distributions, uh, the start age uh, increased from 72 to 73, and that was for last year. So hopefully you already know that, but I just try to r- remind individuals that that did increase. And one of the things that will happen this year because of the Secure 2.0, uh, it Roth balances are no longer subject to RMDs prior to a participant's death. So that's something you should, you know, definitely check into. But Secure 2.0 has changes that will uh, happen in TSP. So those are the only two that I would say are, you know, impacting 2024.
1: All right. Anything, anything else on the horizon outside of maybe what uh, we've just talked about?
2: I mean, to be honest, I think the biggest one uh, that I always tell individuals, you know, right now with that Equal COLA Act, that to me is the biggest one that will impact FERS retirees. So I would just say, please, you know, stay tuned to that uh, in order to determine if you will see a different method for how your uh, COLA will be uh, determined under your first retirement. That, to me, is is the biggest thing I would say uh, out there. I mean, you know, the, the, the reality is this is an election year, so I can't imagine much will change in regards to benefits uh, because typically that doesn't happen. But the only one that I can see that may uh, change for the better is going to be
1: the Equal COLA Act. So now I won't say outside of what we talked about today, because we talked about an awful lot of things in your webinars and whatnot. excuse me, in today's environment. What have you found that's kind of a, a common question that you'd go, gee, I thought that was. Common knowledge. No disrespect to anybody, because you and I work in one world, and not everybody works in those worlds. So.
2: I would say just individuals understanding the different benefits. You know, they, you, people, you, you understand them from a general standpoint. You know that I, yes, I do have a pension. Yes, I do have federal insurances. I have life insurance. I have all these things, but. Really understanding as once we get ready to retire, and, and that's where when you go into the classes, many times individuals are unaware of some of these, the, the extent of some of these benefits and how they may change over time. And I'd say the biggest one has to be insurance, is your FEHB insurances. Uh, you know, the fact that you have gotten so used to one insurance that you don't really... Go out and research anything else down the road. That that to me is the biggest one because that can make the biggest difference. And as you age, the reality is, you know, chances are you're going to need different types of care than you had when you were younger. So this is where now it's important for you to understand the different types of uh, you know features of an insurance plan. So that to me is the biggest one. Uh, that I find uh, that individuals are just not clear about.
1: So, w- with all this good knowledge, and you go you know, probably a-, a lot of your webinars, seminars, webinar clearly you're not you're not on site uh, seminars uh, maybe. But do you find there's a um, there's a common thread that people just don't understand? And maybe need to understand without going way out there in, in outer space. Hmm.
2: Yeah, again, uh, with with their uh, with their retirement annuity, most people do quite understand, uh, you know, how that's being determined, and the fact that they receive it monthly. Uh, the 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 only thing sometimes individuals may not be aware of is, especially when you are newly retired, is the fact that it takes OPM some months to finalize your retirement benefit uh, because they are charged with finalizing it. So even though your agency has worked with you on it, the reality is is OPM is the one who finalizes it. It could take three to six months for you to begin to receive the full retirement benefit so that's something I find when we go into our classes individuals were not aware of that and for some of them they have to reconsider uh, you know what that means for them in regards to having enough uh, to sort of you uh, deal with or enough to to have uh, to use during that three to six month period. That to me is is one that we see a lot of. And then you get individuals, especially those of the individuals who are in FERS, who are retiring prior to 62, who may get the FERS annuity supplement, uh, not understanding that it's going to have an earnings limitation attached to it. So they could end up not receiving that full FERS annuity supplement if they are working and making over that earnings limitation. So these are the sorts of things that, you know, even though, you know, you have these benefits, there are some strings attached to some of them and you have to be aware of that.
1: So with all this great knowledge you're imparting, um, I'd imagine everybody isn't going to remember every word you said, including me. Um, so so wh- where does somebody go to get an uh, update? I mean, they, they can listen, of course, to our show, and I'm not being shameless here, saying that everybody should listen to the show, and not every show has what you're uh, talking about. But is there a place to go uh, uh, for the general public to to get things answered?
2: I would say, you know, the bottom line is, as you mentioned before, NITP is a good place because there are uh, webinars. There are actually, uh, you know, benefit classes that helps individuals. uh, And in some cases, it could be at your agency. Some individuals may have it at their agency. If not, then you have, you know, someplace like NITP. There's also online resources. I I tell individuals, OPM is going to be your HR office once you retire. So it's important. And they do have a retirement uh, site, OPM Retire. And that's also a good place to go to get some sense of what are some of these benefits and how they work. So I would say OPM is a good place outside of maybe your agency, uh, and then NITP.
1: Yeah. Yeah. All, all agencies are not necessarily created equal with regards to webinars and seminars. And I'm not saying anything bad about that, but sometimes people just can't, they're, 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 uh, folks that they deal with are all over the place. So it's, you know, it's hard to, it's hard to gather all that. And, um, you know, there's publications that come out, uh,
2: Yep, yeah, I know there's some organizations. I think NARF is one f- for instance that does a good job of helping active as well as retired employee federal employees. Uh you know, that's one that focuses on that. You know, there's other sites out there govexec.com which focuses on federal employees and retirees, especially benefits. So you might want to t- tune into some of these different uh, resources to help yourself become more knowledgeable because as you mentioned you, you know agencies the hr reps at agencies don't really have that information they're they're focused on processing your retirement more so than providing information about right. considerations so i always tell individuals you you're not going to get what you need from your hr folks because they're they're too busy doing too many other things i had an HR office, and we really didn't have the time to focus on retirement issues, as far as you know what you should consider. And, and they're even prohibited from certain things because they don't want to be accused of having uh, sort of uh, persuaded you to do something. They just may give you the facts, but they can't move more into considerations.
1: Great. Okay. We've got a few more minutes. Um, Wrap it up and and final thoughts.
2: I mean, the only thing I'd say is that each year is a good time for you to sort of each individual to take a look at what those benefits that they have are and in order to determine how it's gonna impact them. And and with FEHB, you really have to do it prior to the new year. So I would say November of each year, that's when you really have to start thinking about what are you going to be your needs in order to determine what your insurance needs are going to be. You can't wait until 2024. You had to make these decisions in November and December
1: of 2023. All right i tell you what, I think it's a good stopping point, if that's okay with you.
2: It's perfect. It's never, you never can stop. You just sort of take a pause, (laughs) but this information (laughs) always will change.
1: Yeah, I I burn up a lot of uh, writing utensils when you and others are on on this show. And then, of course, I forget it all and two weeks later. Anyway, Herb, thank you. And um, if anybody wanted to read about you and whatnot is there a site to go to
2: unfortunately i'm retired so i keep my ability as far as provide doing too much limited so i don't really have anything like that bob so my wife tells me she says you're retired so please don't get another job so that's probably why
1: okay (laughs) thanks but you do come on the show that's right I, i
2: can do that
1: just Watch the newspapers. It's not going to be every month, not going to be every quarter, but it's going to be once or twice a year. Herb, as always, thanks ever so much. Andrew, thanks for keeping all the the, uh, visuals up to speed. And we'll be back next week. You've been listening to For Your Benefit, presented by NITP and sponsored by WAPA. Please tune in next Monday at 10 a.m. for a topic solely devoted to you, the federal employee. This show can also be heard on demand at federalnewsradio.com. Search for your benefit. Thanks for listening.